In this episode, we're helping you attract the right customers to your business through authenticity. Inspiration guaranteed. Let's get started. You're listening to the Think Outside the Lines podcast. Practical solutions and ideas for designing the life you want with an added dose of inspiration. Here's your host, Sean Feeney. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Think Outside the Lines podcast. My mission with this show is simple. I want to help you improve your life. In each episode, I talk to people who are designing the lives of their dreams. I believe that if they can do it, so can you. These conversations are meant to inspire you to take action and to pursue the life you've always wanted to live. I'm Sean, and you can find me over at thinkoutsidethelines.com where we explore these ideas further. Now, if you're tired of attracting the wrong customers, aching to cultivate a community that excites you, and ready to bring in customers and clients that are downright dreamy, then you will love my guest today. She helps small businesses find their purpose by telling their stories in the most evocative, heart-driven, authentic way. Her story is inspiring, and I really enjoyed our time together. It's time to think outside the lines with Tori Jockums. Okay, welcome to the show, Tori Jockums. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And I got your name right. I'm really excited about that. I know. I'm excited too. (laughs) Now, I always start off with some icebreaker questions and it kind of helps people get to know you a bit. Um, Are you ready to dive in? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, What's your greatest desire in life at the moment? Um, I think right now it's to move more toward freedom. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. Me too. Uh, What is currently your favorite song? Ooh, my favorite song right now is, oh my gosh, um, it's a new Carrie Underwood song. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't judge me on the country. No, 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 uh, no judgment. <laughs> I think it's called Heartbeat. Okay. It's a super sappy love song and I'm just super into it right now. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. I love super sappy love songs. They're my favorite. <laughs> For some reason, I was hoping you were going to say the Full House theme song and we could go into our... <laughs> Earlier, before we started talking, we had a conversation that we both just are starting to binge watch The Fuller House um, on Netflix. Are you enjoying it? Because I'm loving it. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. It's, it is literally perfection. And I totally would have said that theme song, but Carly Rae Jepsen did the new one and I'm not in love with it. What? Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> I love Carly Rae Jepsen though. She's probably like my, pop, like my guilty pleasure, like your Carrie Underwood. That's totally my... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the old one is just so classic. It is classic. I feel like they did like the best possible twist they could on it. And I have to tell you that like every time that intro song comes on, like with a new episode, I'm excited all over again. It's crazy. (laughs) That's so awesome. No, but the show is literally, it is complete perfection. I love every minute of it. Yeah, and we were talking about how there's people that like they're leaving these horrible reviews. Like all these like respectable publications are saying how awful it is. And I'm just like, it's exactly what you expect it to be. Like, I, I don't know what these people want it to be. It's a sitcom. Yeah, like it's kind of supposed to be awful. Yeah, and cheesy and like s- silly, whatever. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I love it. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite place you've ever traveled to? Um, so interestingly enough, I haven't done a ton of travel, which is something I desperately want to change. Yeah. Um, Where's your dream place that you'd like to go? My dream place that I'd like to go is Australia. Interesting. Why Australia? Um, I think it's just kind of like a fairy tale in my head. Yeah. Like it just seems like this place that's hard to go to. So I want... It is hard to go to. It takes like three <laughs> days to get there. Yeah. And so I kind of just want to tackle that. Plus accents, plus New Zealand, yes. plus like, yeah, so Lord of the Rings and all that good stuff. And like... I think it's really freaking cool that it's the opposite season there that yeah, it is, that is for cool. me. <laughs> yeah, totally. That is cool. I think there's something to uh, to your point. The Australian accent, I don't know what it is. I can't do it to save my life, but there's something like super sexy and like I don't know what it is about the Australian accent, but I love it. Yeah, it's like the it's like the California version of the British accent and that like that laid back attitude with the similar accent. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Where do you live? Um, I'm in Denver, Colorado. Okay. I have some friends in Denver. That's cool. Uh, what's the worst job you've ever had? Uh, right out of college, I was doing some client service work 
and a little bit of writing, which was, that part was fairly enjoyable, but it was for an advertising agency that specialized in automotive, Okay. uh, but not manufacturer. So I was working with local car dealers all day. Oh yeah. There you go. It just was not a good fit for me. (laughs) Yeah. I can imagine. Uh, tell me about someone you admire. Um, right now I'm like president of the Adele fan club. (laughs) So, (laughs) Not like actually, I don't want the president of the Adele fan club to get really mad at me. Yeah, seriously. I hope they're not (laughs) listening because you're going to offend somebody. Yeah, it's for real. But I, I really have been admiring her a lot lately because she is crazy strong and like hilarious. She hasn't like, she didn't lose her personality when she got famous. She still is exactly who she is. And and doesn't doesn't shy away from that at all. And when she chooses to stand up for things, like when she recently won an award, like a million awards at the British like music awards thing. Yeah, and she said something about Kesha, right? Yeah, but she just said it so casually. Like she was just like, I also want to take this moment to publicly announce that I'm supporting Kesha. And like so many other celebrities are doing these huge like Things that are also very good for their brand, which I completely understand, but I just love the classy, like chill way that Adele handled it. <laughs> totally, I actually love the way she handled the. Um, so I watched I watched the Grammys this year, which I don't always do, but um, I had seen her performance and I, I was actually shocked because I was like, "This cannot be Adele. Like something has to be technically wrong <laughs> with the performance." And I love the way I think she went on Ellen. It must have been like the next day or sometime that next week, and um, that skit that she did. Did you see yeah. that on Ellen? Um, I don't think. Oh, the one where she went up to the coffee people. Yeah, like Jamba Juice. Yeah, and it was like Ellen was like telling her what to say in her ear. That yeah. was so funny, and I thought that's like the best PR because people are gonna love Adele after this. I mean, not that they stopped loving Adele, but like it was just such a great way to like forget anything that had happened prior to that moment. Yeah, and it made me kind of appreciate her in a different way. I was like, this she's really funny. Yeah, she's hilarious. Oh my gosh, have you seen her car karaoke? No, I want to see that actually. Oh, yeah. So- There's like three or four of those that I keep meaning to watch because I hear they're really funny. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Seriously, it was hilarious. That was, I mean, I already really admired Adele, but I think I watched that video and I was like, she's like also a human, which is so great. Totally. I know. I love when people are accessible. I think that's really cool. Yeah. All right. You can recommend one book that will change someone's life. What is it? Harry Potter. Wow. <laughs> I think that's the first like non-self-help book someone said. Although, hey, that could be a self-help book, I think, to some people. Yeah, I think so. Um, it it changed my life. It is the reason that I decided that I could professionally be a writer someday. So, And I just think that story is so it, – it is timeless. It will never stop being impactful to people. That's really cool. That's really cool. All right, Tori, um, I want you to give us a little bit about your background and tell us what you believe to be the message that you're brought here to share with the world. My background? So I, I mean, it boils down to since I could, I have been writing. Um, and I never, I never expected myself to be anything else until I hit high school and college. And then I started to worry about if it was a viable career path and how I could make it work. And then I kind of strayed into um, some other things which were really valuable career experiences. Like I studied public relations and um, print media in college, but I still had, I also majored in writing. So my background has always been tied to words. Um, And I think it just took me, sorry, it took me several years to figure out what form that was supposed to take for me. So I tried advertising, I tried video production, um, I tried some social media marketing. And then just recently I, I sat down with myself and realized that I needed to take myself more seriously as a writer and see what that meant to me. Um, and kind of through that process, I, I realized that who I am as a person is a very open-hearted, like caring human. And I desperately want to tell other people's stories in the best way possible. And I want them to feel like when their story is told, it sounds just like them, but also that they were genuinely cared for. And I think that in a world that is so salesy, that that is 
extremely important. Um, and so I think the message, I guess, that I really want to bring to this world is that everyone is loved and should feel worth going after what they want. I love that so much. That's really good. <laughs> I'm really inspired by what you're out there doing to help other entrepreneurs. I'm going to let you explain a little bit more about how you help people. Um, but I, just, I think that services like yours are really important because they place emphasis on authenticity, which, let's be honest, if your brand is lacking, people, I think, especially in 2016, can tell from a mile away, right? Oh, yeah. So what do you find to be the greatest challenge that you face when you're working with entrepreneurs? Uh, and how do you work with them to kind of overcome those challenges? Sure. So I have been really lucky in that a lot of my clients so far have gotten it, which means you know, that I'm putting my message out there in a way that the right people are connecting to it. But I have run into a time or two where um, I think people just naturally cling to what they are are fed constantly. And so they're told that you have to do X, Y, Z, and you see all of these huge courses about, you know, five days to a five-figure month and, you know, all these crazy, like, really sensational things. And so I think it's very easy for people to want that and they and they kind of grab onto that. Um, but the problem with that is that when everybody does that, um, you lose, you get lost in the sea of all of these voices shouting the same thing. Totally. When all it like really takes is if you told your story and what it meant to you to be doing what you're doing, all you have to do is whisper. And because so few people are doing like saying that you don't have to shout at that at that point. I mean, marketing is extremely important. Don't get me wrong. But I think it all starts with if you don't build a solid foundation from your heart um, and put out there the genuine need you're you like really want to fill and can fill with your specific unique skill set. Um, I think it's a lot easier to build the rest. And so that's kind of, I try and help entrepreneurs push past that initial kickback of, well, everyone else is doing this. And well, if I don't do it this way, is it going to matter? Cause this is, you know, how everything's being done. And, um, I think that's really, really hard to get past, but I try and help them, um, through, through my writing process and through like my whole client process that I have. Um, I try and get them to really sit down and think about, some of the more challenging aspects of their business, like their why and their heart. And um, from that, then they usually realize that being different is like will be more effective for them. Totally. Can you tell us a little bit about your process? Maybe walk us through a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So when I started WildSpark, I my main goal was to make a process that because I knew I was going to be doing a lot of my work online I still wanted a very personal process. I wanted um, people to, you know, I didn't want to have a phone call, have people say, I want 500 words on this topic, and that was it. I wanted to really get to know the brands that I'm working with because I think that's really the only way you can genuinely write for someone is if you believe in them as much as they do and you understand all the aspects. So my process starts with a workbook um, that I created and formulated the questions specifically so that those kinds of things are what we tackle. It's like five chapters and sorry, um, it goes from like audience and basic stuff like that. And then the last couple chapters are about your vision and your heart. And those are the chapters that really like, that's where I take most of the voice from. And then when I go craft their content. So I mean, every project is so vastly different beyond that point um, because it can be so many different areas of content. But we go through that workbook and then based on the project that they have chosen, we we have a timeline where I write the content and deliver it back to them, which is usually a one to two week timeline unless we have a continuing ongoing relationship with like blog posts and social media content. Then obviously it, it runs on an editorial calendar, which is a little different. And then everyone gets two rounds of revisions. And just the whole way through, I always make it a point to let everyone know that, I mean, yes, I have quote unquote office hours and and I'm not available 24 seven. But if you have questions, like, please email me, please 
Facebook message me. Like, I don't want them to feel unheard at any point in the process because I think that can really kill a beautiful piece of writing if yeah, if you sure. don't resonate right. So, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, the process is so different with writing with every project, but that's kind of the basic gist. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I, I'd love to actually to go back a little bit <clears throat> what you said before about not feeling salesy because I think I'm definitely somebody that like if I can if I feel like I'm being sold to I immediately tune out and even if you like what you ultimately had to share was amazing you probably lost me in that like schlocky disgusting sales pitch which I believe is is critical to an extent but I love that you're out there kind of phrase it a little bit differently for people Mm -hmm. um how much are you like working with people to just recondition them to find their truth or do you think that like, is there a lot of recondition? Are people typically used to that? Like, this is how I have to sell my product? Um, I think, no, I think that there's a fair amount of reconditioning. I think once you, once I explain my process to people, usually it kind of clicks with them and they're like, yes, like, that's what I want. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't want to be salesy, but I didn't know, like specifically with, with, I see this a lot with my about pages where I'll, I'll talk to a client about it and I'll be like, look, I'm not going to approach your about page as though it's a biography of you. I'm going to approach it as though it's a story about why you're doing what you're doing and how you can help your clients through that. And I think as soon as they hear that, they realize that that's so much smarter than just being like, you know, in your face salesy about it. But I think so often it just doesn't occur until occur to them until you bring it up. So the reconditioning doesn't take an extensive amount of time, or at least it hasn't so far for me, but um, it definitely is there, and you can tell when you say it and their eyes just light up and they're like, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you've done a good job of like attracting to the right people that, that your message resonates with, so there probably isn't a lot of that uncertainty when they come aboard. Yeah, I've been I've been super lucky in that I've worked with really passionate people, which was my goal. So totally. Uh, you say that our stories are worth telling and need to be told in the world, which I couldn't agree with more. Could you elaborate on why you feel so strongly about that? Yeah, so this is something that I kind of have developed over over the space of wanting to be a famous author and hit the bestseller list and then getting into video production and realizing that and getting into entrepreneurship and realizing that just because your story isn't known by the entire world does not make it invaluable. And I think that sometimes, at least for me, that was really hard to swallow at first. I was like, no, but I want to be famous, you know, but, um, to me, I've, every story that I've encountered in my life always amazes me. Like whether it's meeting a new friend for coffee and all of a sudden they're telling me, you know, like this crazy thing that they did last year or what they really want in their life. Um, when you can get people to open up and talk about their passions, like it doesn't, it doesn't ever matter if it is universe altering to anybody else, but you can see that to them it's extremely important. And I think realizing that just has made me want to get people's like really core passion stories out to as many people as possible in a very like emotionally connecting way because I just oh gosh I don't know I just think people light up when they are told that what they love has value and it doesn't happen often enough for sure I think there's a lot of talk out there today about finding your quote-unquote why. Um, and, I, and I agree that that's critical, but I think it's almost become like a buzz phrase that's starting to fall on deaf ears. Can you mm-hmm. explain why the why is critical and in particular how it keeps us going when we face adversity? Yeah, so I think it's funny that you say that it is a buzzword because I completely agree that it has become that, which sucks. I'm hearing because... everybody throw it out lately. and I'm just like, do you even know what oh. you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, why and storytelling have become... Yeah. Very serious buzzwords, which is kind of a bummer because that's what I build my business on. But I am not using them as a buzzword personally. Um, I think the thing about why it's become a buzzword because it can be very powerful and people read it and they they expect that, 
you know, powerful impact. But the thing is, is if you really are going to dig into your why, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a little messy and you're going to feel super vulnerable. And I think that that is extremely important. But people, like, sometimes they don't want that. Um, And I think so when they see why and it's tied to something that doesn't make them dig deeper, it's, it's a little easier to handle. But really, like, if you're willing to dig and get a little vulnerable and feel a little messy and sit down with yourself and honestly ask why you're doing what you're doing, it just makes a huge difference. I mean, it makes a difference in the trajectory of your business or, you know, whatever endeavor it is that you're kind of trying to figure out why you're doing it. It's sitting down and honestly asking yourself why and being honest with yourself in the answer can determine whether or not you're doing what you should be. Because I think if, if you sit down and you say why and, and the answer is because I want to make X amount of money, that's not your golden ticket. I mean, yeah, I think that's the wrong reason. Right? Yeah, exactly. If you sit down and you say why and, and your honest answer to yourself is because I'd never forgive myself if I didn't, then then that's the thing you want to be doing. <laughs> yes, I love that, actually. That's really cool. I think it, it helps keep you in alignment. Or if you're not in alignment, it helps put you in alignment, right? Yeah, completely. And I think the why isn't a question you answer once. You have to answer it like every day, Absolutely. every week, every month, you know, it because it, it changes. It won't always be the exact same thing, but it should be rooted in that same passion. Could not agree more. Uh, now, the reason I started this podcast is because I really wanted to challenge the idea of living the status quo. And I want to know how do you see the world and those of us living in it evolving in a way that's challenging that, um, that being the status quo? And how do you think that those of us that have this sort of awareness can help to spread the message to other people that it's okay to kind of live outside the status quo? Yeah, I, this is awesome. I love this question. And partially because I had a moment last night that was like, vaguely epiphany-ish so I (laughs) um it is freaking hard to challenge the status quo because even if you know that you don't want to be living that way it is so easy to convince yourself that you do you want to keep up with the Joneses you know because you see it literally everywhere totally um but I went to they have this thing called the Banff B-A-N-F-F um World Film Festival, and it came to Denver this week, and I went to it last night, and what it is is it's a series of, like, adventure films, so, like, extreme skiers and hikers, climbers, you know, like, doing crazy stuff, and as I was watching it, I was just like, oh, my gosh, yes, like, (laughs) forget society, I'm going to go live in the mountains and, like, kayak (laughs) down the Colorado River and... I do not have the skill sets to do these things, but it was extremely inspiring. inspiring. Yeah. yeah. Because these people are doing what they love and they're living a life. And like, I think it's easy to convince yourself that if you don't have a full-time job and you aren't doing X, Y, Z, that you can't make a living and you can't do what you want. And that's so not true today. That's oh my so gosh. It's such today. crap. Like, yeah, totally. And that's, I think, but I think it is about, getting people to believe in themselves enough to experience something like that freedom once, because once you feel that you're like, you're hooked, you're super addicted. Like you can't, like there is no going back because you realize that life doesn't have to be lived on this hamster wheel and you can like explore. And I like, it's easy to say that as a writer because I can literally take my job anywhere. I can write, from anywhere with an internet connection. um, But I think more and more like that is you are seeing more remote jobs. You are seeing more companies that are completely distributed teams across, you know, the country and the world. You're seeing more buffers and things like that where they realize that people don't want to live like this anymore in this very rigid, regimented way. Um, and so I think just continuing to do that passionately, passionately and sharing how you do it is important because I think so many people look at it and say, well, sure, whatever, but I could never do that. And 
So pulling back the curtains and being like, nah, you can, and this is how you can, um, is really important. I think. Yes. That's, that's my goal actually is to help more people see that. And to your point, I think obviously like you're a writer and so yes, that makes it a little bit easier to work remotely, but I think too, unless you are like in retail or there's some specific job that you have to be present for, I think there is a, there is an argument or a case to be made for working remotely. Um, and I think that you're starting to see so much of that and it's so exciting to me. It's so exciting to see it. Oh, so exciting. It is. It's great. And I love, and in Colorado and in Denver, you see a lot of that because everyone here is so outdoor minded. Like, I don't think, I don't think anyone here has like a regular job. I see people out at all hours of the day, like just doing random things. And I'm like, None of you work in offices, I think. And that's really cool. (laughs) Yeah, that's so cool. And it's so inspiring to hear that. I love that somewhere like Colorado is innovating that. Yeah, it's really cool. And I mean, I could be wrong, but I you get the general sense. No, you're right. I mean, I live in L.A. And so like I take it with a grain of salt when I see people out in the middle of the day because I'm like, oh, they're probably either like out of work actors or like no offense to the out of work actors in Los Angeles. But um, I don't know. But I think when you see it in like, you know, other cities, it's it's probably along the lines of what you're thinking it is. Yeah. Uh, What do you think holds most people back from achieving their goals in life? People hold themselves back when they've never had to face an insurmountable challenge. Like when they never have taken that first risk. Like if I hadn't started a production company and then watched, like the production company is fine, but I flopped right out of it. Um, If I hadn't done that and hadn't had to sit down and say, okay, what now? Like, I would not, I would not have been like, okay, time to take yourself seriously as a writer. I think so often people go to high school, go to college, maybe go to grad school. And then like, they have this path predetermined for them and it's easy. So why would you not do that? You know? Yeah. Because you don't have to not. So I think a lot of it is just not ever being faced with that question. Um, And then the other huge, massive, ridiculously difficult to get over part of it is fear. And fear is sneaky and manipulative and will totally ruin everything (laughs) if you let it. Um, Yeah. yeah, And I think. What are some ways that you what are some ways that you don't let fear get to you? This has been super recent for me and I'm super glad you're asking it because it is something that I feel very passionately about. Um, The moment when I, and this took a long time, it's not like I flipped a switch and all of a sudden was like, screw you, fear. Like, no, (laughs) it was a long process and like it took a lot of sitting with myself and it took a lot of getting rid of toxic relationships and bringing in new people who were genuinely supportive. It took a lot of that kind of work, but I hit a point where I realized that I was starting to view fear, not as the scary monster in the middle of my path that I couldn't get past, but as this voice that is saying, what you're about to do is extremely important and it's risky and I don't want you to get hurt. And the when I started to view fear like that, then I could change the conversation and be tell fear, you know, thank you for alerting me to the importance of what I'm about to do, but I'm going to do it anyway. And if I get hurt, maybe I get hurt. But like, I think the moment when I realized that fear was more an indicator of something big just around the corner then it allowed me to push through. That's so good. I love that so much because I think, (laughs) yes, like that's what fear, that's how I see fear. And trust me, like every human being on the planet struggles with it. And that's part of the reason I asked this question is because I want people to be able to relate to one another in that sense. But I, I love what you said about thanking fear and acknowledging fear. Like, thank you for giving me the heads up. I'm going to go ahead and move forward anyway. I appreciate, you know, I appreciate you alerting me, Um, but I'm going to keep going. And I think that when you do that, that's how you tame your fear. And that yeah. is how you say, okay, cool. And then, then the fear becomes less and less next time because it's like, okay, cool. I'm just here to warn you. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it anymore, you know? So, yeah. I love that answer so much. Yeah, I feel like fear is 
so often touted as the enemy and if you can kind of I mean it's not easy and you like there are days where fear definitely still looks like a scary monster instead of you know like a overbearing friend but I think if you can kind of make that shift or at least attempt to every time you're faced with you know that gut drop feeling then I think that's really awesome totally I love it uh what is the most challenging experience you've had in your life so far and what did you create out of that so I think and this is kind of deep and not necessarily related to my entrepreneurial journey, but it no has... No such thing is too deep on the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good. Um, I, my mom had me when she was 17, and um, by the time I was five, my grandparents had taken custody of me. I, so I grew up with my grandparents, um, and... My mother is still in my life, um, but it's, you know, not your typical mother-daughter relationship. And growing up with my grandparents has just kind of, it totally changed my life. And it going through what I went through when I was really young severely impacted the kind of person that I became in that I don't, like, I don't pass judgment on people and I don't, like, I don't ever assume to know what anyone's going through at a given time, which is really hard. I mean, you know, it's really easy to make snap judgments, but I think going through that and like, obviously it affected me all the way into like my adulthood. Cause I mean, and my dad was around for a while and then he just wasn't, which when you're that young, it's almost easier because you don't really, you don't really notice the impact it has until you get older. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but doing that has going through that and dealing with those things has made me a extremely self-aware in that when you have to realize that you're facing big, scary issues like that, um, you have to be super honest with yourself and that's, hard but super important and b it has made me extremely extremely thankful for the relationships that i build that are true and authentic and real and messy but really really supportive and awesome um and it has kind of made me realize your tribe and your people and your family or whatever you want to call it is who you decide it is and it doesn't have to be a prescribed set of people and it can change and it can fluctuate, but, um, having the right people in your life is extremely important. I love that. And I love that it changes and fluctuates. I mean, some people are blessed enough to have like that core family that's there throughout their lives, but some people are not. And I think even as it pertains to friendships, like it's so amazing when you can go out there and you, you realize that cause I think it happens somewhere in adulthood, uh, where you realize like, oh my gosh, these people that have been holding me back or that are toxic or whatever, they don't have to stay in my life. I don't have to keep them around. Um, yeah. And I can invite new people in and I can attract new people in that are going to help me, you know, grow and further myself. And it's good stuff. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that honestly, if you keep those toxic people around and yeah, it sucks to hurt feelings and sever ties. But if you keep those toxic people around there, there isn't the space in your life for the new important positive people to come in like you have to make that space totally totally what are some tools and tricks that you use to stay inspired or motivated uh (laughs) soul pancake is one of my biggest ones yeah yeah yeah, it's like rain wilson's youtube channel and he does all this amazing crazy inspiring stuff that really just connects to humanity and i think that is so unique like it's not really happening a ton of other places in the way that he is doing it like he does not shy away from anything and he makes people connect to each other even strangers on a very human level and I think that's awesome and that inspires me all the time if I'm having a bad day ever that is the first (laughs) place I go (laughs) I love it I also really like and I'm not like trying to feel like I'm plugging all my favorite celebrities things but um Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Hit Record. I've never heard of that. Oh my gosh, you have to check it out. It's the super um, collaborative creative space. So you can sign on, create an account, whatever, and whatever your creative skill is, there are 
prompts or projects or things for you to create. And then the rules when you sign up are that nothing you create, like it is your intellectual property, but nothing you create is going to stay necessarily like that. So anyone else on the site can take it and remix it. So if I wrote a story, someone could take that story and make a video out of it or a series of graphics or create a song. And like, it's just insane to watch these people do these amazing creative things for the sake, the sheer sake of creating. That's so cool. I'm going to have to check that out. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah. And so that, and then just being around inspiring people and going to new places and, and pushing myself. Um, those are kind of the things that let me not stay stuck. <laughs> totally. I trust me. That's why I do this show. Cause I get to talk to people who help me see things differently. Um, a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs or artists feel stuck in their progress. They don't know where to begin. And sometimes they'll hear something like just start or just take action. But if they don't know what that action is, that advice doesn't really help them. Right. Yeah. So what is something tangible that you would give someone who wants to get started uh, in terms of advice uh, that might not know where to start? Yeah, so <laughs> I completely agree. And that is what you hear is just start. And, and on the one hand, sometimes that's, sometimes that's all you can give someone because everyone's, everyone's journey is super different at the end of the day. But sure. let's be honest, if you're starting a business, there's a set of steps that you should and can follow. But I think the first thing you absolutely need to do is ask if this is something you see yourself doing for a long time. Like you get, I get really excited about stuff and then two weeks later don't care about it at all anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And if you're starting a business, you can't do that. Like you're in it for the long haul. It's going to be, you know, it could be a couple of years before you see a solid profit and, So like, make sure it's what you really want to be doing for a long time. And then it's, you know, a matter of one of the things that made Wildspark Creative so tangible for me. And the only reason it launched when it did is because I had a list of steps that I had to take. So it was sign up as, you know, register my business with my state and it was start a business bank account and it was get my branding taken care of and make sure that my messaging was ready to go. And like, yes, some of those things are an upfront investment and that is hard, but you have to do those things and like get your contracts in order and get your terms and conditions in order. And all these things that sound super boring and not the really fiery, passionate stuff you really want to be doing, but that's how you start a business. And when I did those things, then they were done and I could start creating. But if I hadn't done those things, I couldn't have taken a, like I couldn't have taken a deposit from someone because I would have had no place to put it. And I couldn't have had anyone sign on for a project with me because they would have had no contract to sign. And I would have had no protection whatsoever over my creations that I was making. And so I think covering those things is important. And then the next thing you do is, you do your thing. You create, you do like you decide you're going to make something and you make it. Do you recommend for someone that wants to get started with consulting type work that they take care of the formalities prior to jumping into the creative piece? Or is that just what you think worked for you? Um, I think think it's good advice actually. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, obviously it worked for me, but I, I definitely recommend it because it saves you a lot of headache down the road and it it allows you to get in this space where you are taking yourself very seriously yeah and I don't think anything else really does that quite like starting a business (laughs) yeah quite like (laughs) drafting a terms and conditions for your website totally totally uh what's a piece of business advice that's helped you the most not to quit when you want to and I think along with that I mean that not to quit when you want to was tied with the fact that you will want to quit. (laughs) Um, It's not going to be all butterfly and rainbows and you will face challenges and you will feel like you should throw in the towel. And that is the decisive moment that determines whether or not you're going to be successful. And if you're going to be successful, you push past it. And if you're not, 
you walk away. How do you push past it? Like, what do you personally do when you have those feelings? Because I have those feelings sometimes too. Because, oh, and they suck. Like, they yeah. suck so bad. <laughs> yeah. What, what's your, like, routine that gets you out of it? It's different. I mean, there's a solid hour to four hours where I give in to that anxiety and totally let it take me over and beat myself up about it. And, and, and that sucks, but I do think it is an important part of the process. You can't, you can't push past it without acknowledging the fact that you feel like you want to quit. Um, so that is the first part of it and the least fun part of it. And then I do something that I know I can do at that moment. If it's pitching to, you know, three sites, an idea that I have for an article, then I do that. If it's finally writing that guest post that I didn't write for two weeks because I was in the trenches with client work, then I sit down and do that. If it's shutting off all of my electronics and journaling for 30 minutes until I've totally talked myself out of the hole that I've driven myself into, then that's, that's actually most of the time what happens is, yeah. is I can't, I can't grasp onto anything tangible enough. So I get away from the screen and put my physical hand to work uh, yeah. with pen on paper. I love what I love what you said about that because I was actually it kind of inspired me for a second because I I do the same thing. Um, I love what you said about how you go to something that you can do because mm-hmm. like for this show, for example, I tend to I'll, I'll book like a day of interviews um, just so that I can you know get caught up. And um, the other day I had done that, and obviously like I'm you know basing my whole day around that. And I had two of my guests that day um, had to reschedule, and it was mm-hmm. very last minute, and I got really angry that kind of like I felt like my time was disrespected and I I just I I didn't want to give up because I have an obligation now that I have to do this show every week and I want to do this show every week Mm -hmm. but um I immediately felt so defeated I was like no this can't be happening why is this happening you know poor me but then to your point I said okay what can I do right now for my show and I was like okay cool I didn't finish editing next week's episode I have show notes to do like there there were so many things that I could do that I just went and did that the bad thing that happened is gone now and it's yeah. you know what I'm saying I was able to move forward and so I really think that's a great point when you feel defeated what can you do to it's not to just distract yourself but to keep moving forward yeah yeah well definitely you definitely like don't do something just to distract yourself because then you end up on Facebook for four hours and that's don't true. feel any yeah. better than you did when you probably worse <laughs> yeah um but Sure, go ahead, drink the glass of wine, eat the bar of chocolate, whatever, do what you got to do. But then, um, yeah, move forward in whatever way you can. Like when I first launched Wild Spark Creative, I had this rush of clients and it was so exciting. And I was on this like crazy high of like, I'm going to do this. This is my life, you know, like all of this stuff. And, um, and then, and then the lull came and yeah. I freaked out um, and I totally lost my mind for like two days um, because I was like, all of a sudden I was like, no, maybe I can't do this and maybe it was just this and this and that and uh, it was just because I launched and now like it's not sustainable and so then I thought like, okay, what what can I do? And I did. I reached out to a couple people that I knew might need work and I posted on a couple of my most loved Facebook groups and was like, Hey, I need work right now. Like I, you know, I don't want, I don't want to totally lose this. And, and some of those turned into a couple of projects and then it kind of started rolling. And I mean, that's, that's always cycles, but you're never really ready for the lull. So. And you have to be prepared. That's just like you said, it's part of life. Yeah. I love it. All right, so later today you're going to go and you're going to check your bank account and there's a million dollars in there. But you have to give it all away. Ooh. Where or who do you give it? I have a whole list. But <laughs> I think some things that are really important for me that I would want to bring attention to would be like arts programs in schools. Yeah. Um, allowing – because more and more they're getting just swept away and it's really, really depressing because – children need that space to explore whether or not that's something that they're good at forcing them into math and science related careers. I don't think does the world any, 
any good. I think we need people who are doing math and science related things. Absolutely. Um, but kids need the option to decide if they really love music or theater or art or whatever it is. And I, yeah, it super depresses me. Like a big part of my childhood was formed by my decision to be in band and marching band and jazz band and do all of those things. And if the music program had not been there, oh my gosh, teenage dumb would have sucked so much worse. (laughs) I'm right there with you. And I love that answer. I love that answer. Um, What is your definition of success? And do you think you've achieved it? I think on some levels I have achieved what I view as success and in some levels I haven't. And I was just thinking about this the other day. To me, success is fully committing to not giving a crap about the status quo. Like to me, success is saying, I don't want to live that life and I'm happy with that decision. And sometimes I'm totally there and sometimes I totally struggle with it. And so along with that, my definition of success is being able to travel more and, you know, like those, those freedom lifestyle things. Um, and on that front, you know, I had these goals for my first year with Wild Spark Creative and I'm not, not hitting them. I'm actually kind of fairly impressed with um, how business has gone so far. But one of the things that I didn't really stop to think about was, so I booked a ticket to, San Diego, which is where my boyfriend's family lives. Um, and I paid for that ticket with Wild Spark money. And then I booked a ticket, well, I'm booking a ticket today to visit my best friend in Kansas City who had a baby who I haven't met yet. Um, and I bought, I'm buying that ticket with Wild Spark money. And that is extremely successful to me. Like, yeah, that that's cool. is crazy. But I'm trying to redefine success because it's very easy for me to put a dollar number to it. And that's never the type of person I've wanted to be. Um, so I'm kind of in the process of redefining what it is and booking those tickets were kind of a step toward me realizing if this can help me see the people I love more often and see new things like that is successful to me. Totally. And I think that's where people kind of get confused about money and the role it plays in our lives. Because, yes, it, there's nothing wrong with wanting more money. But what are you wanting to do with the money? Are you mm-hmm. wanting to go out there and create new experiences? Because that's what money should be for, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think when I started, like, we have super tight budgets right now. Um, and that's because we're super broke for the most part. <laughs> And so I think when I started Wild Spark and started getting money, I had this mentality of like, I have to hoard this, like I have to like save it and make it do this and that and the other. And um, yeah, stepping away from that and realizing, no, like you wanted to start this so you had the freedom to do things and see things. And like every time I do things and see things, I'm way happier than if I hoard it and buy a new car or something, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. What do you hope the world looks like five years from now? I hope that the world five years from now is full of a lot more people living a life that they love instead of signing up for what they think they should. And I think that's people like if you want to, if you want to work at a desk job and that is exciting to you and that affords you the opportunities that you are really important to you in your life, then that's really cool. But if it's not, like, don't don't give up on what you really want just because you feel like it's not possible. Find a way to take it out of that realm of impossible and, and create steps that can make it more tangible for you because the world desperately, desperately needs that. It needs more happy people right now, essentially. And so many people are unhappy and it's causing so many huge, awful systemic problems in our entire world. So I think if more people got real with themselves about what they wanted and why they wanted it um, and took the steps to build a happier life for themselves, I'm not saying it would solve poverty or racism or sexism or any of those big, huge things. But I do think that it would move us a step closer to being able to accept other people instead of wanting other people to fail so we can succeed. I think if people were living lives that they really cared about, it's easier to be happy for other people. And that's the kind of world I want to live in. Totally agree. What do you hope will be your legacy? 
Mm, that's tough. I I think I think it's easy for me to say, you know, I want to be a New York Times selling best-selling author and I want to be remembered for the words that I wrote and that is true, but I think more than that I want to be remembered for the impact that those words had on whoever's life it touched. Like that is why I wanted, you know, why I wanted and still want to be an author because books shaped so much of my life and helped me feel like I was normal when I didn't feel normal. And they just allow you to feel these emotions. And so that's what it was about for me. Um, so yeah, I think I want my legacy to be changing people's lives, even if it is this tiny little minute thing that it changes in them. Um, I want to connect with people and I want to be remembered for allowing that connection. I love it. <clears throat> All right, Tori, tell us uh, briefly, just kind of go over the services that you offer, how you might be able to help someone listening right now. And I think you said you also are going to do a special offer for Think Outside the Lines listeners. Um, yeah. So I am a copywriter, content creator um, for businesses with a whole lot of heart who care about the impact that their business has on their community. Um, I offer website copy, um, blog post writing, social media content, um, newsletter writing, pretty much if it has words involved with it, I can write it for you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of my, my deal. But a lot of it is that core messaging is what I focus on. Um, so the website and social and blog post content are my, my bigger bigger buckets, so to speak. Um, yeah. And if you are looking to connect with your ideal client in a way that is real and doesn't feel slimy to you, then I'm for sure your wordsmith. So <laughs> I would love to talk. Yeah. Um, and I am offering free 20 minute, um, content audit calls for think outside the lines listeners. So if you're interested in that, um, I believe my email will be in the show notes, but it's Tori at wildsparkcreative.com. And I would love to hear from you. And basically what that would look like is we would sit down for 20 minutes and talk about something specific that you are struggling with, with your content. Um, that's website, blog, whatever it is that you are trying to improve. And then I would come up with some action steps and some guidelines and general feed and some feedback not general, it's specific to your situation. Um, <laughs> some solid feedback for you to kind of go from there on. Awesome. And your website again is wildsparkcreative.com, correct? That is correct. All right. And we will have all that information, of course, in the show notes. And when you contact Tori, go ahead and just make sure that you reference Think Outside the Lines. Yes, please. <laughs> cool. All right, Tori, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I was very inspired by our chat. And um, I think you're doing good things out in the world. So keep it up. Yeah, thank you. You are doing awesome stuff with this podcast, so definitely do not stop. <laughs> All right, I want to thank Tori so much for joining me today. And of course, I want to thank you for listening. Now, if you had any revelations today, I encourage you to join the conversation over on our Facebook page, or you can send me an email, and the links for all those things can be found over on the website. Now, if you're enjoying the show, I'd love if you'd head over to iTunes and click the subscribe button. And while you're there, if you could take a moment to leave a quick review, I would really appreciate it. Now, you can find the links for everything we talked about today in the show notes, which can be found over at thinkoutsidethelines.com slash podcast. Until next time, go out there and pursue your passion today, because the best way to predict the future is to create it. For more information, please visit thinkoutsidethelines.com. Thank you.